Hello and welcome back to the In and Around podcast. I am your host, Will Hunt, and again, this is just me speaking to you before the other two come in in your normal episode. Um, if you're new to the pod, this pod may make a little less sense to you, so I suggest you go and listen to last week's episode first, which is part one of the In and Around Board Awards. This is part two. Um, we did split them up into two because obviously an hour and 40 minutes of Dave being a moron is too much for anyone to take. It was bad enough recording it with him. Um, there's some big topics discussed in this week's, um, like Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Team of the Year. Um, with Team of the Year, obviously, it's 11 best players and not the actual team slash club of the year, as that's always either the mighty Chelsea or whoever Damien Duffer is playing for, provided it's not Fulham. Again, we had tons of fun doing this, so if you enjoy it, please leave a nice review wherever you listen to the pod. I mean, tell your friends about the pod as well, share it with them. In fact, tell your nan. She's in lockdown, she can't go outside, she probably needs something to do. She'd like to hear Dave wax lyrical about Todd Cantwell or whatever nonsense he's talking about next. In the meantime, if you want to send us questions, send them in by emailing inandaroundpod at gmail.com or by messaging us on Twitter, Insta or Facebook at inandaroundpod. Um, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode, just so you know where everyone is. Obviously, I'm Will, um, Mike is the one who sounds slightly sensible and Dave is the one who sounds like he's just talking utter gibberish, usually about Marcella. All right. Till next time. Keep on the trend of people who are underperforming, and we'll head to most disappointed team. Now, I was, I was, I was going to talk about Spurs. I was going to talk about Villa, but instead, let's make it a clean sweep, and we're all going to pick Arsenal. Um, (laughs) Dave, why have Arsenal been the most disappointing team? Well, they've just. Good evening, some say. Um, What a horror start to the season with Unai Emery. Just. Yeah, it just all seemed to go wrong for them, really, at the the start of the season. Obviously, something going wrong, possibly behind the scenes. Players just didn't look, seem to care at all. Um, then they decided to get Lumberg in for a tiny bit as caretaker, which went as well as expected, I think. Um, and then Mikel Arteta, to be fair, in the games we'd seen before, for the season was paused, he had started to look. He had started to look like he was possibly beginning to turn it around. But obviously, when I say turn around, I mean more long term. Um, this season is already a, a, a write off for them, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's just just terrible. So many players haven't performed. They've not not been able to even nail down the back four. Problems all over the pitch. It's just just been a very underwhelming season all round so far, I would say, with Arsenal. So when we did our mid-season report card, if I remember correctly, Arsenal and Spurs got used. West Ham and Villa were also really far down in what we were saying they'd done. And Everton, I'd imagine. And and Everton, yeah. and Everton too. Um, Everton stabilised. Um, I mean Spurs. And Arsenal also stabilised to an extent. It just really depends on... I think I can't look past Arsenal-Spurs for this award. 
solely because I had expectations. Spurs, although they had horrid domestic form last year, coming off a Champions League final. And they ended up sacking their best ever manager, who's never won a trophy for them. Um, <laughs> but they ended up sacking him. And same with Arsenal. Arsenal spent tons of money on Pepe. Whether or not he was the right signings to debate. But they were going into the season with the front three of Lacazette, Aubameyang, Pepe. Pepe? 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 Pepe. With, a, with Ozil. They had a bit of Pepe in their step. With Ozil in behind. And that's a, that's a strike force that should at least be exciting. And Arsenal... Have been anything but exciting this season. They've been really poor. In fact, the only one of them that's performed has been Aubameyang. The rest have been pretty, pretty poor. Yeah. Um, I think they just edged Spurs for me because at least Spurs. And when Mourinho came in, it was dross, absolute dross, and they'd lost a lot of their best players. But they're still in a chance with fighting for the top four. Um, whereas Arsenal have been adrift for most of the season. And just quite frankly, although they've got the green shoots of recovery, you can't get past how bad that first start of the season was. Mike. Yeah, it's an interesting one because actually Arsenal are only a point behind Spurs with a game with in hand. With a game in hand, yeah. So I know, but I, I would say they, they can they can keep the award in North London. They can both have it. They've been awful, both of them. Jimmy they I, I know they've got a, a, a point. They're only a point behind. They've got a game in hand. I just it's, it's Arsenal. They're not going to do anything with it. Like, I can't, I can't see Spurs doing anything. No. If you want, if you would like me to put my opinion out there, I, I just think Mourinho's just—I don't, I don't think he knows how to motivate people anymore. So, if I, and I look at both teams, and there's a lot—I mean, there's more work needed with Arsenal's team, I'd say. Yeah. But, Some of them are old as well in that team. Yeah, but at it's least you really got a few young in I just think yeah. I'd, I'd high expectations for Arsenal. Um, yeah, they were so bad for most of the season. Um, that they're so they've been so bad that you tell me that they're you tell me that they're a point behind Spurs, and I'm like, I don't trust them. I don't. I, I, they're still gonna let you down. They're just, you know, they're just bad. They're just yeah, a bad but... team. They're a point behind Spurs, but they're also only a point ahead of Burnley and Palace. How, just to give you some context. They're behind Sheffield they really United. Yeah. Yeah, they're three behind Sheffield United. I they're mean, behind Leicester. This is, this is a tough one because they're, they're both as bad as each other. <laughs> OK, the first, the first ever yeah. most disappointing team of the year award goes to North London. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't North London. I don't want to talk about either of them anymore. They've, they've thoroughly annoyed me, and I, I hate both of them. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, I just Arsenal. Just they've got so many great players. I just wish they'd figure it out in a way that they're still bad, but entertaining at least. Um, let's finish off the last smaller award with the most improved player, um, Mike yourself. Yeah, I've gone for um, a Crystal Palace goalkeeper. What's his name? I'm still not sure how to say his name. <laughs> Gu- Guaita. Guaita. Guaita, something like that. We'll go with that anyway. I'll call him VG. Um, yeah, we'll go with that. I like that. VG. I don't even know if his first name's a V, but... It is, it's for Santi, I think. Uh, for all intents and purposes, that'll do. <laughs> um, this guy... 
as far as I was concerned, I, I didn't even know who he was, really. I, I didn't even realise he existed until this season. And then suddenly, he's playing really well. Out of nowhere. Wait, I swear Hennessy was their number one. What the heck? Yeah. What happened? Oh, oh, I see what happened. That season three was all over. Forever. He was, he, was in a, he, was, he was in a photo and he stuck his hand up doing a Nazi salute and said, oh, I was just covering oh, the sun. Yeah. Didn't know That's... who they were either. I do no actually remember that, yeah. It, apparently. Didn't know who they were. Well done. Yeah, so then this guy turns up out of nowhere. VG. Big VG. He's only conceded 28, which is, which is not bad. He's uh, 85 shots saved. 7, 75% of the shots he faces he saves. He's a good goalie. I think he did make one howler, but I'm I'm going to let him off because he's made some ridiculous saves in there as well. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to give him a mention. Really, he's my uh, pick. He's not going to win it, but he is best my best Spanish pick. goalkeeper in the league. Um, on this season's form, at least, he's not got tough competition. To be fair, yeah, um, that is true. Dave, uh, your pick is Fred for Man United. Um, even glimpses start of this season, thought this guy was an absolute cart horse. Was that like, <laughs> I, I remember at the time of United signing him, Guardiola at City had pretended to be interested, and I, I thought it was a thought it was a ruse uh, just to get someone else to bid for him because that's what it was beginning to look like. You mean like they did with Alexis Sanchez? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> But somehow this season, Fred's gone from being, I imagine as a Man United fan, the, the midfielder, you, the guy you see on the team sheet and you're like, oh no, he's playing, to probably the first midfielder other than the emergence of Bruno Fernandes that you want to be on the team sheet. He has been an absolute rock in your midfield the probably the last 15 to 20 games of the season. Um I mean, he also looks a lot more favourable on the team sheet when there's players like Pereira getting put on that team sheet too. Um, but yeah, I've just been blown away because I thought this guy was a horrible signing. Didn't look like he was turning it round and now he's he's looking like a good midfielder in a, in a Man United team. So definitely Fred forward. Um, I had... I've, Fred was my honourable mention. Um, I, he was... I don't... I, Something about him being bad at the start of the season made me half think that can can I give it to someone whose improvement only came through in the last two thirds? But I do agree he's been really good. Um, he's really good at um, moving the ball. He's great in the transition, mm-hmm. which is per he's perfect, absolutely perfect for what Ollie wants to do um, in terms of moving the ball quickly. Um, I think he's really good. My pick was, um, however, Mateo Kovacic. And I think that's probably due to watching him play week in, week out last year, in which he played in Sari's system. And um, he just was shuttling passes left and right, sideways and sideways, and then getting subbed off after 60 minutes for Ross Barkley. That is pretty much as bad as your career can go if you're getting subbed off for Ross Barkley, or mm-hmm. if you're coming off the bench for Ross Barkley. Like, it's, just, it's just dreadful. Um, and then this season... I think he's comfortably been Chelsea's best player. Um, he's perfect at breaking through midfield with the ball. He's, a, he's possibly one of the best dribblers in the league. I know he's got stupid stats for the amount of balls progressed into the box and people broken past in midfield. 
Um, he is finally looking like the player that you thought Madrid were getting when they bought him from Inter, which is pretty good. I wish he was 10% better at shooting. I keep saying it because if he was 10% better at shooting, we're talking about an um, all-timer. But um, he's fantastic to watch. He's a bit of a. He's turning into a bit of a, a quiet leader in that dressing room, if you know what I mean. I can see when they play with a different confidence when he's on the pitch than they do when he's not on the pitch. Um, it's not. It wasn't a surprise to me when we got absolutely thumped by Bayern that afterwards Frank said he's the only one who played with any character. Um, he's been playing with character all season. And I think to go from someone who was getting subbed off again for Ross Barkley to a player of the season is pretty much a transformation. However, we've all picked three different ones. I'm perfectly happy to... Ignore my biases and go with Fred, though, because I imagine that he's the one that you two want. Because, yeah, God, Fred he was shite boy. last year. He yeah. was shite last year. Mm. Yeah. The, the guy couldn't pass anything. Couldn't pass the parcel last year. <laughs> and now now he looks like what... Well, I mean, there was talk of, from people of getting him in their team of the years. I mean, that's how... I looked That's at him. How good he's been! Yeah, I looked at him. He was he was so, one of the ones I considered. Um, I, I'm happy to go with Fred for sure. Yeah, I think I think we'll go with Fred. If Abraham, if we hadn't got a Chelsea award already in the pod, I'd be flying a bit harder. But here we are. <laughs> um, so the next one is Rookie Player of the Season. This is a bit of a funny award, um, and it's born out of a, my hatred and I think Dave's hatred of yeah. the current young, current young Player of the Year award, which basically means that players who played a stupid number of games can qualify for the award. Um, so we deliberately looked at players who hadn't played 100 career games prior to this season. Um, we've all picked three different ones again. Mm-hmm. Um Mine is, under- <laughs> Mine is understandably someone I've watched a lot of this season. But the two of you, I like both your picks. So, Mike, do you want to walk me through yours first? Yeah. Uh, m- mine is Max Ahrens. Um, so, Norwich right back. Uh, I was pretty excited, to be honest, to see what he was going to be like. Because I'd heard a lot of things was about a lot him of in the championship. Max Ahrens. There was. Um it's probably gone a bit quiet, but I still think he's had a really good year. Really good year. Fairly quietly down the right for Norwich. Um, he's good going forward, pretty decent defensively as well. He's crucially not gone over the 100 career games, which means he's eligible. <laughs> a real problem for Mike Preston. <laughs> it was a real problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, I couldn't work out Wikipedia's career games thing, but we, we've got there now. So... Um, so, yeah, the Norwich right back, Max Aarons, that'll be my pick. Dave, your pick? My pick is Todd Campwell, also from Norwich. Been really impressed with him, to be honest. Um, and a team that doesn't massively create chances, uh, it's, been, it's been very hard for them to, any sort of attacking player to stand out. I mean, you had Pookie at the start of the season, took off, to be honest, but hasn't really been able to replicate anything. Buendia, having watched the championship a lot, I knew he was a real, real talent. But Todd Campbell has blown me away a bit this year because even last year, he only made 24 appearances in the championship. He was more of a rotation player. Um, and now he's coming to the Premier League. He's played in every game, uh, whether that's off the bench. But he's played in every game, got six goals, two assists. Um, 
And yeah, he's just he just looks a bright player to be honest. And he's only just turned twenty two. Uh, he's basically twenty one for all of the games that he's played in. Um, and yeah, he just looks a bright player. And it's it's one of those players where I think if you put him in a midfield that gets on the ball or has any of the ball, to be frank, you know, like a maybe like a Leicester or even a Southampton, I think he could really really step up even more. I think he's a really good, exciting player. Ignore what I said earlier. I've changed my mind. Um, two things have two things have happened to make me change my mind. One, I looked at my players' uh, Wikipedia again. Slid across 127 games. Absolute bastard. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but so, well, are some of those not this year? Uh, they are this year. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. That's so he qualifies. He qualifies. Mm, he had 80. Mate, your player had 83 before this season. Okay. I really do like Todd Campbell. Let's stick on Todd Campbell for a minute, though, because Todd Campbell, when he started, when in the, remember in the first game of the season when Norwich played Liverpool, yeah. he was so good. He was so brave on the ball. And for a young lad, you were kind of like, who is this? At Anfield, getting tanked. Yeah, and he stood up and was counted. My problem with Max Ahrens is I'm not sure I want to hand out any awards to someone who's part of that Norwich defence. Yeah, agree. And I know he's been really good and he's great going forward and he's the, every inch the modern fullback. But good lord, they've been shocking defensively. Really naive defensively too. Todd Cantwell as well somehow has 126 recoveries, which is pretty impressive for a guy that plays pretty much number ten in a a team that doesn't really get on the ball past their own half. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick Todd Campbell too, I think. Um, I will give an honourable shout to who I was going to pick. I was going to pick Mason Mount. Um, he's had a really good season, a really good first season in the league. However, I think I expected more from him. Um, he's had a dip in the middle of the season. I think he changed everyone's expectations after his really hot start. Um, yeah. And he sort of picked it up towards the end before the break, but he had that real dip. And... Um, I just think Todd Cantwell probably deserves it more just in terms of the bravery he's shown in terms of standing and wanting to have an imprint on games. However, I will say this Todd Cantwell. Two things. Your Instagram pick is an abomination. <laughs> Two. Right, I'm having a look. Your young thug celebration that you did. I never want to see that again. We've seen some bad celebrations in this league, but dear God, that was shocking. Um, Bryce, how do you feel about the Todd Campbell pick? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine with that. Also, he he's been fantastic this season. One oh, A, yeah, his really picture, good. good lord. One A and one B for you, really, in terms of young player of the year, do you reckon? I mean, if you remove the restrictions, it's Trent any day of the week. But yeah, I mean, yeah, as in the PFA one, it's it should always be Trent. But yeah. um, I think under our guidelines, Campbell is probably the man. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Um, we've only got two more awards to pick out, and luckily we've saved the contentious ones to last. So this pod is going to go on for hours. Um, number three is manager of the year. There were only two real um, people in the shout here. Mike and Dave have gone for Big Yergi Klopp, um, and I've gone for Chris Wilder. Do you want to make your case for Klopp? Yeah, I still feel a bit grim about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Agreed. Um, yeah. He's, he's only lost one game. One game. Um, they, they're just, they've been so much better 
so, so much better than everyone else. Um, and including a Man City team, which I rate really highly. And I, I think would have had a pretty good shout of winning the Champions League this season. Um, I also think just the the mentality in that dressing room, you've got Henderson, Milner, probably mm. Van Dijk. Yeah. Um, the amount of times they've won by one goal or they've come from behind. We were talking about that Villa game earlier. Yeah. So many times they've won the tight games or they've had to come back from being down. They haven't played that well. And we, over the Premier League years, we've talked about you've got to win these games as champions. The amount of times they've they've won those games. Yeah. But you probably couldn't even count them on your two hands. There's, they've probably won more than 10 ridiculously tight games they've not just been blowing teams away like Man City do um, we're about to do our teams of the year the amount of players from Liverpool that are going to make it in there as well I just think I, I, I want it to be Wilder mm-hmm. but I've, I've got to make the case for Klopp okay, here's why it's Wilder <laughs> um, Sheffield United are 7th in the Premier League they have um, just for clarity's sake, <laughs> Sheffield United are um, they're 14 points behind Man City. That uh, they are 10 behind Leicester in third. They're only five points off the Champions League. They are two points behind Man United, who spent how much money in the summer? They are level with Wolves. Nuno's doing a really good job. They're a game at. They are two points ahead of Jose. They also have a two, game in hand. Yep, two points ahead of Tottenham. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham. With a game in hand. They are um, three points ahead of Arsenal. And they're in the top half. And you would never say that. You would never have looked at this season and gone that Sheffield United would be... Let me repeat this. Sheffield United, who got promoted from the Championship, are five points off the Premier League. Oh, the Champions League. Champions League. Five points off the Premier League. Anyway, that all being said, you're taking... Dave, you're going to make the point that Jurgen Klopp hasn't spent. Jurgen Klopp has spent no, a no, 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 disgusting no. amount of money no. on his team. He spent eighty million on Van Dijk. He spent fifty million on Naby Keita. You can't compare the teams. And my point is that with the team he has, with the um, and with the strength of the league this year, because realistically they only had City to challenge them, and City would have done a better job if they hadn't lost their best centre half and one of their key wingers to massive injury. Um, whether or not Liverpool still win the title is a matter of debate. However, Liverpool are, should be challenging for a title, and the fact that they're doing it in such a dominant position is a really, really is a testament to how good Klopp's been. However, Sheffield United are playing John Fleck in midfield. They're playing. They're playing great, good players. They've. Uh, they're Moussa. Yeah, Moussa. Scored a lot of goals for them, and they're going for a Champions League space with Moussa. With Ollie McGoldrick, Basham, Egan, Basham, Egan, O'Connell, O'Connell, McGoldrick. Talk about unsung hero, Jack you O'Connell, mate. How many of these players have played in the Premier League before this season? Hardly any. And now we're talking about them as being certainly possibly Europe. They've also only conceded but, 25 goals. Their defence is ridiculous, and they didn't have to spend 80 million on a bloke from Southampton to fix it. They've got a they've got a right-sided player who can defend. What more do you want? We talk we talk about coach your team. 
you want to talk about a coaching job, look no further than Chris Wilder. And Klopp, the Stevens even looks good. Klopp, Klopp is managing. Klopp is managing great players. And yes, it's hard to make great players tick in the way that he's making them tick. Chris Wilder is is uh, he's squeezing the absolute everything he can out of these players, and then he's doing a deal with the Robin Williams as a genie, going, "Please give me some more." He's rubbing all the lamps there are, and they look at what they're doing. There's no way, no way that I can look past him. His job, the job he's doing, is unbelievable. However, that being said, if Klopp was still invincible then I can see an argument for him because it's an unbelievable feat to go invincible all the season. But thank you, Ismailissa. It's Chris Wilder. Come on. <laughs> no, yeah, it's definitely is Wilder. Thank you. It's no, King. Yeah, to be honest, as much as, as much as Liverpool are running away, you too I remember when Sheffield United came up, I thought they'd be looking to a year ago. Everyone had them going down. They'll be they'll be lucky to hit thirty points. So that was my got, thoughts on them. Got forty three. With ten games left. <laughs> yes. What a Yeah, we'll what put Wilder. Um, what a monument. Happy to put and just in case you haven't seen it, uh, there is a Twitter video from ages ago featuring Billy Sharp teaching Sander Verge how to speak uh, Sheffield slag. I've, I've it's seen it. Hysterical. Hysterical. Anyway, yes, Chris Wilder. So Chris Wilder's managing the team of the year, but who's in it? Um, so this, how are we going to do this? We've all gone for 4-3-3 as we normally do on the In and Around podcast. Let's run through the locks that we all have in our team mm-hmm. shall we gents so um trent is playing right back in all our teams um, yeah. we've all got van dyke mm-hmm. uh, we've all got robertson we oh my god dave um we've all got the bruin <laughs> we've all got marnie and we've all got vardy we'll come on to them first uh, i guess so let's start with why trent alexander arnold whoa, whoa, whoa hold on a second I didn't realise I'd left this player out. I cannot believe you've not. Is left. it Jordan Henderson, Dave? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, Jordan it Henderson. Yeah, that's what that Jesus. Thank God. Right, Jordan Henderson's also a lock in our team. So let's start with Trent. Why has everyone got Trent? Someone talk to me about the unbelievable. He's, he's just been unbelievable this year. Um, I mean, as as you said previously, previously a lot of times I'm not sure how solid he is defensively oh I'm sure (laughs) however going forward and doing what needs to be done in that team with switching the ball just providing crosses his deliveries deliveries amazing um he and he's the guy's still only 21 like he's such a talent such an unbelievable talent um he I read a really interesting article where they talk about moving him into midfield so he can dictate matches, and they sort of like go, he's already dictating matches at right back. One of the co- it was one of the coaches at Liverpool. Um, mm. I think his future's in midfield, um, because he's 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 almost too good on the ball to be left at right back, especially when he's not the world's best defender. I know we keep joking about it, but he's not. Wow. that Nico Williams they have at. The kid could probably fill in at right back because he looks good and he's only 18. All right, stop blowing snow, could Liverpool's ass. Um, Mike, have you got anything <laughs> you want to say on Trent or can we move to another Liverpool player while I stab myself? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's that's easy enough. You've covered it all. He's he's really good. <laughs> Reigning PFA Player of the Year, Virgil Van Dijk is in at centre back. Um, do we do we have to say anything there? I don't really want to say anything. About Van Dijk. He, wasn't, he wasn't quite as good as last year, but he still had an unbelievable season. Yeah, he's we move he's, on. Been, he's been really good. Um, had a real case for the Ballon d'Or. Um, left back is Andy Robertson, who um, cult hero. Interestingly enough, sort of a bit weird because Robertson is great going forward, but he's also better defensively than Trent, but less good going forward than Trent. But he's the per- almost the perfect complement because he does not stop running. Oh my god, I'm exhausted watching him play. It's the ninety third minute and he's running up to like left wing, and I'm like, Robertson, stop, stop, please stop. Um, everyone else got Robertson. Why? Yeah. He's just a really good all-round left-back. Um, I also don't think the left-back cohort this year has been that strong. No, no. So I was kind of looking for someone who maybe could have got in. There just isn't anyone. So Yeah, I, I strongly considered Edison, uh, not Edison, Emerson, but then I also strongly considered um, putting a gun in my mouth. Um, <laughs> next up is another Liverpool player. It's um, belatedly from Dave, Jordan Henderson, um, Captain Fantastic. Dave, why have you decided to put him in? Well, I don't know what I was... I don't know if I had something dodgy at lunch there, chaps. I don't know how I've put Wijnaldum in instead. Henderson's been an absolute rock in this midfield. Um, it's just, like, there's been people saying for ages that Henderson's... Deserves, but I think this year everyone has realised how good Henderson is. Um, I... I like to think as people out, not really anyone left out there who doesn't think he's a great player because he does exactly what he needs to do in that team perfectly. Um, also huge in their dressing room, captain. Um, yeah, he's just... There was times when, when he was playing next to Shelby and stuff where I didn't rate him, but it's turned into be exactly what Liverpool need in midfield and a captain. So, I don't worry, Stu. Mike? Yeah. Um, he just drives them forward. He's he's brilliant. He's I think he's kind of underrated on the ball as well. Yeah, his uh, p- passing range is really really good. Mm. Um, obviously he's just lifted off the back of lifting the Champions League. He was about to lift the Premier League. Um, talk about I was talking about mentality of him earlier. Yeah, he's definitely a key key part of that. They're they're just on it every single game, and that is partly down to him and probably Milner as well um he has to be in there yeah um he's he was sort of started the season not particularly well and then Fabinho got injured and then he slotted into that deeper role and ever since then he's been brilliant we we bemoan the lack of, of quality proper captains in the league and we have been doing that for years but Henderson is a proper proper captain and um I actually really think he, I I like him as a player I think he's probably He's a must-play for England. I think he's brilliant. I just, I can't see why anyone would dispute him being in the team of the year. He's getting a bit of chatter for player of the year. I think that's, yeah, I think, I think that, that, I think that's ludicrous. Um, players of the year, you have to play well all year. He didn't, he hasn't played at the same level as a De Bruyne or a Mane. Um, next up is Kevin De Bruyne. Um, not much more to say here. I don't think, chat lads. He's just been unbelievable all season. Um, a magician, if you will, to be honest. Just a great player, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. 
Have you put your phone down? <laughs> yeah, I, put, I, was on my, I was just on my laptop getting some stats to back my other picks, some questionable, some not so questionable. Yeah. Okay, and again with uh, Samuel Mane, um, brilliant, our player of the year. Um, he's got the X Factor. He's literally got everything. He's can do anything. He's a massive reason why Liverpool are going to win the title. Um, does anyone want to say anything on either of those two, um, other than what we've already said? I, I think mean, we've already discussed it, really, to be fair. Uh, last one, Jamie Vardy. Um, Jamie, Vard- Jamie Vardy is top scorer in the Premier League, um, despite having a big dip in the middle of the yeah. season where he didn't score for a while. He's been really good. Um, a big feature of the early weeks of the pod was um, us talking about how um, Jamie Vardy was outperforming his XG massively. And um, Mike introducing me and Dave to that stat. Um, Will, have we missed Ndidi here? Because all three of us have Ndidi down. I haven't decided whether I've got Ndidi. You haven't decided yet? No. Nope. Well, we're literally doing it. So can you decide that last midfield we're slot, please? We're discussing all the locks first, Dave. <laughs> Jamie Vardy. Mike, why is Vardy worthy of being in the team? Uh, he is still outperforming his XG, just so everyone knows. By, yeah. by 4.8 goals. Um, Call it five, yeah. Mike. Add some panache. Okay. Five it is. <laughs> um, Can we yeah, Vardy. Oh. Yeah, I'm fine with that. All action. <laughs> um, he must be a nightmare for defenders. An absolute nightmare. He never stops running. He never stops running. There's never a ball that he doesn't chase. Although, I have noticed a little bit, he's, he's st- stopped a, a touch some of the ludicrous ones he used to chase. I think he's been a bit cleverer um, about using his energy where it needs. He obviously is a ridiculously good finisher, hence why he's outperforming his XG. Um, top scorer. Yeah, he's definitely the striker. Um, again, I think honourable mentions to Danny Ings. I think honourable mentions to um, Sergio Aguero, except he scored like 17 goals against the Villa, so they don't count. Um, and then I think also honourable mention to Aubameyang. I think he could have slotted in here. He's had a really good season, but he again, a lot of goals. Again, he's missed a few through suspension. Dave, um, um, oh, I was just going to lastly say on Vardy, he's been 32, turned 33 this season. Unbelievable for a player that you'd think would be starting to to probably dip, yeah. especially someone so reliant on his pace. I think that's... Yeah. Interestingly, he's changed his game slightly this season. He is a bit yeah. more accomplished at linking the play and being in that penalty box. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's going to help when you've got recreative Mad- fielders yeah. around Madison. But. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so let's go through and pick our remaining slots. So, goalkeeper, Dave, you've got Dubravka. Me and Mike have got Henderson. Dave, why have you got Dubravka? Well, he's he's managed to keep nine clean sheets in a, a Newcastle team that, frankly has looked totally at sea at times this do you mean season. A, do you mean a Newcastle team that sits 10 men behind the ball every game? Yeah, but he's made he's made 117 yeah. saves in 29 games. Yeah, and I he's, know. He's been unbelievable. He's he's one of the he's one of the best shot stoppers in the league. I don't think there's any question about that. Um I think I with this I try and look at a goalkeeper that is so important for their team and Without Depravka, I'm not sure when Newcastle would be. Because doesn't really get any help from a defence a lot of the time. Which is why he makes so many saves. I just think he's a great goalkeeper and he's performed 
again at a very high level this season, like last year. Mouthwise, Dean Henderson, goalkeeper in the team. Uh, I mean, I suppose we've already covered it a little bit where what we were talking about earlier, but he's only conceded 22 goals his first season in in the Premier League. Mm. Um, I, I just think I just I just like him in there. I think he 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 deserves it. I think it is a matter of. I also um, didn't want to put Allison, so no, no. not, I think not putting Allison. It's it's a matter of. Um, I've watched. I've been impressed by both these goalkeepers, so I think either of them are deserving in a team. And I think that's when I come down to the point of taking into account a bit more team success as a way of breaking the barrier, which I know is harsh to do. And I think you look at Henderson, um, he marshals his defence really well for a young guy. Um, and I just think he's had a slightly better season than Dubravka. Um, just my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. No, I don't really have a problem with that. I, I no. thought either or really on this. Again, again with this, you all you're doing is all you're doing is really splitting hairs because all of these yeah. are fantastic players. Um, at mm-hmm. centre back, Dave, um, you've got Basham. Me and Mike have got Johnny Evans. Again, why have you got Basham? Chris Basham, I think he's gone <laughs> a bit under the radar to be honest. He's got ten clean sheets. He's only conceded twenty five goals. Uh, he's made sixty one tackles, sixty one interceptions. He's got Hold on, let me let me get this up. I saw a graphic about about him. Just so so far in the season, he's first for tackles made, first tackles won, first for possession won in the attacking third, first for interceptions, second for headed clearances in the league. He's just he's just been an absolute mountain at the back. Um, he he also is very good on the ball, which which suits their midfield. Uh, because Sheffield United, as we credited them for a team that come up, they actually try and play football and play it around. Interesting with Basham, he used to be like a defensive mid, so I think this is where it sort of stems from for him. He's always been pretty good on the ball. I've just been really impressed with him. Um, and as as great as Dean Henderson is, obviously the defence in front of him are playing their part as well. I think Basham's the main man in that this year. Okay, great, Mike. I'm going to leave you to tell Dave why Johnny Evans is the man because I know you've got an, a nice point for this. Right, so last year, Dave, Man United went and played £80 million for uh, Harry Maguire, right? You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because he because Harry Maguire, who turns like a fridge and should have got sent off versus Chelsea, <laughs> um, had, his, uh, had his backside covered for most of the year by him and was allowed to do what he did because Johnny Evans has matured into one of the best centre-halves in the league. Um, Johnny Evans has turned up again this year. He's been really consistent. He's really good every time you watch him play. He's annoying. I hate him. I don't like the way... I don't like his face. But he's one of those players that you watch him play and you're like... You, you you sit there on a team sheet and you think, oh, they've only got Johnny Evans at the back. And then when he batters your striker for the fifth time of the game inside the opening 10 minutes, you're like, oh, God, it's going to be a long one. But interestingly enough, Soinchu's got a lot of praise this season. And a lot of people have been talking about putting in a big money bid for him. And as I said to you two before the pod, I think at some point everyone's got to stop bidding for his partners, who he's making look good, and look at and stop bidding for Johnny Evans, who's just been magnificent for quite a few years now for Leicester he he does everything well like you said he's composed um he's composed on the ball which is what I've noticed about him because I've always thought of him as a bit of a um a no-nonsense defender but he is a lot more 
composed, I think is the way I describe him, to be honest. Like he's sort of like matured into the player that I think Sir Alex always wanted him to be at United. Um as for his, as for whether or not he's more important to his team's defence than Chris Basham, I don't know. But um he's certainly my pick. Come on. Yeah, I love him. I really love him. I, I I feel like his time was up at United and he has been pretty much 8 out of 10 every week ever since he left Old Trafford. Yeah, and uh, for a lot of the season, Leicester, Leicester's defence was one of the best in the league. So it's not like we're picking... It's not like I'm sitting here saying to you, oh, you're not Kurt Zuma. Thrown under the radar. <laughs> um, but I just think he's, he's the pick. Um, Dave, uh, if... I'm going to let you keep Chris Basham, but me and Mark are going to outvote you. So Johnny Evans is playing centre half on our team this season. Um, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> now I'm I'm doing this last one where I said I'm not convinced on Indeedy to be a dick. Um, I've got some good stats for you here, Will. If, I know all the stats for Indeedy. Indeedy has all the recovery stats. He's been oh no, just just his impact on Leicester as a team He's, as well. Oh no, he has an unbelievable impact. But if you're going to sit here. And tell me that he has a bigger impact on Leicester than Jack Grealish has on the Villa. You are very much mistaken that you are going to be able to do that. Because what I'm saying is Leicester are a good team without Ndidi. Okay. Ndidi was injured for six games. Leicester lost three of them, drew two and won one. They've only won one game without Ndidi. Mm-hmm. And he's everything goes for him. He's makes so many passes. His average is 50 passes a game. Obviously, his defensive stats, his recoveries, inceptions, everything like that is it's, it's top draw, to be honest. So... I don't know what... So in my, terms of a defensive midfielder, he's just everything you want. Yeah, he is. My, my argument is here, I half... And I agree, indeed, he's had an unbelievable season. And I'm half tempted to put him in. But I just... Part of me wants to acknowledge that when you look at what Grealish has done for the Villa, you talk about everything going through him. Everything goes through him. So much so that teams just mark, try and mark him out of the game. I'd, they don't even do that. They just try and bring him down. Yeah. he. You want to talk about Leicester having a bad run of... Re, Leicester having a bad run of form in six games and indeed he's gone. The Villa would have been relegated way long ago. We're talking Derby County levels of bad, this Villa team. Like, I think his impact on them as a, a captain... as a creative hub has been massive. And there's a reason why when he goes to United this summer, um, the Villa are just going to be desolate, to be honest. I mean, I'm perfectly happy putting Ndidi in it. I just wanted to... He's, he's been great, British. I, I agree. I think he's been more I agree important. he's been great. Been more important. Grealish has been brilliant, but I think in Ndidi, Leicester have somehow managed to replace Kanto. Yeah. Pretty much. Which I thought was... Yeah. yeah, I think everyone thought it was impossible and they've they've near enough almost got a replacement for him. Yeah. Indeed he perfectly deserves to be in this team. I just wanted to I wanted no, to no, yeah, I, I, did, I, wanted consider, to I did consider Grealish. Yeah, I wanted to give some love to Grealish and watch Dave's eyes narrow. <laughs> <laughs> the very last spot is Mares versus Salah for the right wing spot. This is again a let me just check something. We all prefer to watch Riyad Mahrez, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Um, because... yeah, so here's my problem. Salah has had a, a really good season again. Obviously but not the heights of, 
his seasons before, but a really, really good season. I find him frustrating in front of goal. I think he misses chances he shouldn't miss. But Mares hasn't played as many minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as we've said, I much prefer watching Mares. I think he's far more, ex- well, I think he's really exciting to watch. And his goal creation stats are outrageous. Yeah. But it's whether I can get him in with the amount of minutes he's played. Dave? Yeah, I sort of, I sort of get what you're saying, but I think with Mares, um, obviously Man City before really had relied on Sane and Sterling, and he's sort of been given this platform due to Sane's injury. And to be honest, he's week in, week out when he's played. I know he's missed some games. Um, he stepped up to the plate, and I'd say. Other than De Bruyne, he's probably been their most exciting and there's impressive a, player. There's a reason why they rested him for the Bernabeu. And there's a reason why he started in the Bernabeu. It's because he's he's slowly become someone Pep actually trusts to make a difference. Yeah. Um however however, he's missed too many games, I think. I think he I think Salah's minutes and Salah's raw stats. Salah's got a lot of goals, to be fair to him. With his his raw stats and the fact that he's got the goals and assists, I think a lot of that's a byproduct of the system Liverpool play in. However, he still has those stats and he's played more games. And that, to me, I think, in a close battle, edges him. As yeah, much that's... as I hate watching him play. Yeah, that's I, I can get bored with it. I just think Mahrez has been quality. But, but I, I agree. Joint third top scorer. But if you two want to get yeah, on board, he's get on board with six, the Mahrez. Is it 16, Salah? He scored. Yeah. yeah, 16. 16 six and assists. 7, I think. Yeah. Um, if, so, yeah, I'm just, happy to throw him in. Yeah, but just honest. to let you, you two know, if you want to put Mar, if you two want to like all of us club together and put Mahrez in and we lose that tiny shred of credibility we have, I'm totally on board. <laughs> Okay. I think it has got to be Salah based on those raw stats and so, the minutes. So, just to run through our awards for you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you if you've made it this far into the pod. Um, in terms of yeah, team, good team, in terms of team of the year, in goal we've got Dean Henderson at right back, we've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, we've got Virgil Van Dijk and Johnny Evans in the centre with Andrew Robertson at left back. In defensive mid, we've got Henderson and Ndidi, and then in the number ten spot we've got Kevin De Bruyne, we've got Sadio Mane at left wing, we've got Jamie Vardy up front. And we've got Salah on the right wing because we hate ourselves. <laughs> in, in, in terms of player of the year, um, Sadio Mane is our player of the year and Todd Cantwell is our rookie of the year. The manager of the year and managing his team, it's Chris Wilder, come on! <laughs> um, the most disappointing team was North London, um, but honourable mentions really to Arsenal and Spurs there. And the unsung hero of the year, of the year was the wonderful Harvey Barnes, who I'm going to be keeping a close eye on in the hope that he goes to the Euros, to be honest, because um, I love watching him play. The most improved player was Fred, because, dear God, he had to improve. Um, the goal of the year... <laughs> You're not the, wrong. The goal of the year, and let me tell you right now what a goal it was, Abraham versus Watford. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Um, the best newcomer was Dean Henderson. The worst newcomer was VAR. Um, the best signing was Danny Ings and the Timoy Bakayoko award for the worst signing was fittingly Tangi Ndombele well I'll tell you what gents that was a long episode but it was a lot of fun I felt yeah really enjoyed that really enjoyed yeah, that yeah good fun you enjoyed that and if you enjoyed it too please be sure to let us know first and foremost by getting in touch by at in and around pod emailing 
on that's on Twitter. Emailing us at inaroundpod at gmail.com. God, that was smooth. Um, <laughs> or leaving a review wherever you listen to this pod. And please do share the pod with your friends because we want everyone to hear our terrible takes, including just many of them. Just many of them have on this part. <laughs> I was trying to think of a specific one, and I'm like, oh, we almost put Maris and over Salah. Um, however, Dave, if the people want to find more of your terrible takes, such as why Marcelo should be in over um, Roberto Carlos, Carlos. Legal, knew I wouldn't let that uh, one down. No, or why Dean Hen- or why Jordan Henderson initially wasn't in your player of the your team of the year. You moron. Where can they find you? <laughs> uh, at Dave Harris underscore forty four. And Mike, if they want to follow you for more enlightening articles, such as Joel Linton being the new Firmino, where can they do that? <laughs> Destroyed. Uh, at, at Mikey Bresley on Twitter, if, if you for some reason want to read those. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Wilhut17, where I will probably be slandering our latest terrible keeper. Um until next time, we'll uh, we'll see you next week, I guess, actually. Yeah. Maybe football will be back by then. Maybe it'll have cancelled and we'd have denied the Scouts as a title. Come on, Chris Wilder! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Goodbye.